Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching the Get Your Mind Right podcast. I'm Brian Mendenhall, President and CEO of Family First Life Central Division. Guys, please like, comment, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or any other place you watch your podcast. Enjoy, guys. Thanks for watching. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Get Your Mind Right podcast. We got a special guest today. Uh, we got Sean Barnes on the, on the line with us. Appreciate you, Sean, for jumping on, man. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. Hey, hey, man, like, you know, you did a call for me last week. It was amazing. You had all my guys fired up about, you know, going out and helping a ton of families and just putting themselves in a situation where, you know, they, they didn't have to worry about, you know, struggling or didn't have to worry about paying their bills. When you came on and talked about, it made it so possible that anybody that's willing to work their butts off can actually figure this business out, right? I, I wanted to first just kind of go into what's your past, like your story, and then how did you find us here? And then there, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what Family First Life, like what made you join Family First Life? What was different about us versus other people that you looked at? Because you're probably like me, you did a little bit of research first, right? Absolutely. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna start with, tell me a little bit about your past, who is Sean, and then how did you find us here? Yeah, so um, prior to Family First Life, I did sales for about 10 years. I did everything from uh, selling trash to uh, cable, lawn service, um, but that was that's what paid the bills. I got my college degree in ministry, actually, so I'm a uh, worship pastor and youth pastor at my church here in Florida. That's, uh, that's what I do with my volunteer time. And then uh, this pays the bills. And it just, it fits so well because, you know, I love helping people and it's addicting almost. And so when you're able to not only help people in a volunteer manner, but also help people and get paid for it, uh, it's, it's a bonus. And so uh, 2020 was when I first ever heard the name Family First Life. I was good friends with a couple guys. Uh, that I'm in business with now that were with the company. They came from another company. And I remember the first call I got, uh, Gabe, one of my best friends in the world said, Hey man, um, I just, I got this uh, amazing opportunity. It's going to be great. I'll let you know if it works out in a week. And so he left me hanging for a whole week, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, all right, man, what, what is this deal you got going on? And he called me, he said, Hey, I made X amount of dollars. And, uh, and I just thought, okay, I don't even do that in a whole month. So that's too good to be true, essentially, is what I thought, you know. And uh, I said, all right, well, you know, I'll just kind of watch you and see how it goes. And he kept calling me. And every time he called me, my wife, my wife would go, okay, well, what happened this time? You know, how much did he make this time? Stuff like that. And so uh, finally, I just said, all right, let's, let's do it. And she, she looked at me and said, why, why are you not doing that? And I said, I don't know, good question. So I went and did it, got licensed in a week and wrote my first policy in July of 2020. That's awesome. So let's stop there. Um, so there's a lot of people that watch this podcast that don't know anything about life insurance. They don't know anything about the industry. Hands down, I wanna tell them, first off, this is the best industry I've ever laid my eyes on. So I, used, I come from the gym industry and when I was looking for something else, I wanted something where I could still help people, but be compensated for my, for my work, right? And like, not only are we the best in the industry, but the industry is amazing. Meaning like we, we pay the highest compensation, 
out of everyone, right? So if we pay the highest comp, that means that we're going to give you the lion's share of what you're doing as far as your work, right? I love the fact that there was no cost for training. And, and the people that were training, they had all produced at a super high level, right? Um, when they told me that there was no contracts to sign, I don't know about you. I don't know if you looked at anywhere else, but the last place my practice company had contracts they wanted you to sign. You had to pay for training, right? And, and the renewals, the vested renewals they won, they actually got me excited as well because it was, it was kind of like my retirement plan. What were the things that got you excited about seeing this on top of your friend Gabe was helping a lot of families too? You know, uh, probably the, the opportunity for growth, you know, in my other companies I've been in, you know, the, the track to promotion, the track to growth, it was really, really slow. And to get to hopefully make the money someday that I'd like to, the money that I felt like I deserved, it was a long track. And so coming over here, I remember the first few people I mentioned I was going to come do this and I didn't understand, you know, the, the renewals. I didn't understand, you know, how are they doing, you know, over 100% and, and commit, like that makes no sense to me. And so I remember talking to a few people and, and they're like, well, they're probably keeping your back end, right? Well, according to the paperwork, no, you know, well, they're probably, you know, they're probably doing this, that, and the other. And I said, well, according to what they're saying, no. So I'm going to give it a shot. Worst case scenario, I thought, and I tell agents this now, if you just do what you're doing now from a take-home perspective, you're better off because you own your schedule, you own, you own your life. You get to go take, uh, uh, eat what you kill, uh, so to speak, and take home what you deserve. And so, um, you know, I didn't necessarily have a grass is greener perspective, but there was a lot of trust in and what Gabe had already accomplished. And I thought I got nothing to lose by trying this. That's awesome. So let's break down. If you could break down, I'll, I'll break down. When we say highest compensation, what does that mean? So mean, meaning that we go all the way to 145%, right? There's not an agent that starts less than 100, right? So if we just take on average, like, let's, let's just say 100%. The average sale when you actually go help a family would be about, my average is about $84 a month. So if you take 84 times 12, it's about $1,000 a year, right? And if you're at a 100% contract, if you do, you know, help a family, you end up making about $1,000, right? The cool thing is like the average sale is about an hour, right? So you're sitting, I don't know if you're sitting in the house for four hours, but I'm assuming you're sitting in the house for an hour. Now, there's a way to get to these appointments. You have to actually book appointments, right? But to sit in the home, it takes an hour. And on average, $1,000. That's unheard of to me. I mean, had you ever heard of anything crazy like that? No. No. I, the first thing I thought was, that's stupid money. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Like, you don't wake up at 28 or 29 like I was, and you just make that much money in an hour or a week. Now, it didn't make any sense. It, it takes work, though, right? Like, it's not oh, easy. Is everybody going to do it? No. The people that are willing to work and go out and hustle, the numbers are the numbers. On average, you help a family, it's $1,000. You had a goal. You had a goal of Hall of Fame, which got me really excited. And I wanted to kind of have you on and talk about it. And I'm sure there were some struggles, some things you went through to get it. But Hall of Fame is 
helping an average of about 400 families for the year. That's a huge milestone, man. I'm proud of you because it seems like you pulled through and you made that happen last year. Is that correct? That's correct. Can, can you talk to me a little bit about what that struggle was like and you know how you actually got there? Yeah, so starting off, when I first joined the company, all I heard was this Hall of Fame and the protect and the, the production amount that you had to do to hit Hall of Fame. And in my mind, I got so sidetracked thinking of that number that I forgot that you actually had to go do work <laughs> to actually <laughs> hit that number. So I remember one month, I was still working my, my other sales job and doing this thinking, all right, well, I just got to like get through this last few weeks, man. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the jackpot next year. And I didn't make anything like I, I, I sucked at both because <laughs> I was just so light in my mind thinking I'm going to get rich quick. And then it hit me like, no, actually, if you want to make that much and do that much and, and, and build this life you dream of, you're actually going to have to bring a different level of work ethic with you to earn that. It's not going to be easier. That math doesn't add up. So uh, November, I, I had a really big month where I really felt like, all right, this is this is money worth uh, uh, pursuing and, and an opportunity worth pursuing when I really started to take it serious. And then January... I actually did a, a call with Mark Mead and, I, and he asked me what my goals were. And at the time it was uh, pretty monumental in my mind, you know, this, this huge hill of hall of fame, but I spit it out there, man. And uh, I said, all right, hall of fame, we're going to do it. And uh, yeah. So all the ups and downs of, of last year, and I could go on for miles and miles and miles and, and hours about all the different wins and losses we had to go through last year to get there. But um, literally the last day, uh, you know, it was the week after they had, you know, the December ended, they announced the, the final role of hall of fame, man. And I was on there by six, by, by, by a little margin. And so, um, yeah, it was it just wow. it summed up a whole year of hard work. I'll say that. <laughs> so you, you literally hit hall of fame by helping six, like you were six families over, correct? Yeah. Yeah. About four, you helped about 406 families. Yep. That's amazing, bro. So I really think because this podcast is called the Get Your Mind Right podcast, I really do think you need to share some of the struggles because I think some people think it's really easy what we do. And, you know, I'll be honest, it's not easy. But is it simple? Yes. What were some of the struggles you went through? Yeah, so I would say some of the ones that were self-induced, you know, there were moments where it's like, ah, I had a good week. Do I really want to go to work? You know, do I have to? I live 10 minutes from the beach. I don't even like the beach, but I could go if I want to. You know, I got my little girl. She's going to school now. You know, I could take this day off. So it was the struggles really of just having to check my own self. And I, I you know, now I, I say to myself, well, if I had a good week at my nine to five, my boss wouldn't have said, hey, you can have the next three days off. He would just say, okay, well, great. You want to pat on the back? Good job, buddy. It's called work. And so having to check my, my ego all the time for that. But then, you know, there were times where I had to spend an uncomfortable amount of leads to hit my goals, which was, you know, I, I was sometimes spending more on leads than I was making in a whole month, you know, at my old job. And I would have to do that in a, in a, uh, like in a week. You know, and, and so that stuff was kind of scary leveling up on my lead spend. You know, I got sick for a few weeks um, and I, I couldn't write anything. 
there were, you know, some, some things that went on from a, a personal standpoint with family and we had to go out of town for certain things. And then also, you know, trying to juggle ministry and building a family and running a business, that's challenging, extremely mm. challenging. And you're, you're juggling all these things and something's always feeling like it's about to topple over and, you, and something's always needing your attention and you only got so much of it. So a whole year of that grind and that hustle, uh, it it was tough, but it was worth it. Very very fulfilling. It's kind of it's kind of awesome to hear you talk because being in ministry, you like helping people. Not only can you help people make a difference, leave that house with a family in a way better situation than when you walked in, right? You also can take care of your family at the same time. See. My passion was always helping people. I come from the gym background, which I think you know, and you know, I'm not in the same shape anymore, but I've helped thousands and thousands of people. I've always liked helping people. It's always been fun for me. It's been satisfying to look back and see the difference that I made. See, I've already delivered 19 checks to families that have lost a loved one, but each time I'm able to deliver a check and make that difference in that family. Have you delivered a death check yet? I have not delivered one, but I've had two clients that I wrote policies for pass away. Uh, the first one was literally the the client that uh, m- helped me go full time. I'll just say it like that. I kind of hinged everything on that appointment. And the only thing I could write them was AIG. And he passed away a month later. He was really, really sick. And I didn't know it. They didn't even call me. I just looked on my portal one day and saw that, you know, that client had passed away. And um, I'll never forget that guy for sure. And then actually the second client that I know of that had passed away, it just happened recently, but she lapsed three months after I wrote the policy for her. And just right before New Year's, uh, her daughter calls me and and she found my card with the old policy. And she asked if, if if I could help her. And I had to tell her, I'm pretty sure she lapsed. I'll double check, but she had just passed away after Christmas. And I wrote the policy for her in November of 2020. I was on a travel trip and Mm -hmm. she lapsed like in February. She was out of town, so I couldn't get back to her to try to save it or anything. And then, yeah, she passed away. And she was mid-50s. She was young. That's a shame. I mean, doing doing this job, having this career has really let me know how important life is, how fragile it is, right? You can be here today and going tomorrow. So, I mean, it makes sense to have your your affairs in order, right? This is like the recession-proof business because everyone's going to die. It sounds sounds horrible, but man, like we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And we need a lot more help because there's a ton of people out there that all need insurance. Sean, everyone's going to die. You understand that? I do. Yep. We, have, we have way too many clients and not enough agents. We need more people that care about helping people like, like yourself. Does that make sense? 100%. Talk I agree me, 100%. Talk, talk to me about this because somebody might be thinking they want to do this business, right? But they don't know what it looks like as far as the schedule. And I mean, I know I go hard. I'm always talking to agents. I'm here for support. They can call me, ask questions. But I know you in your position to go help 406 families in a year. It wasn't just it fell on your lap. You went to work. You had a strategy. What did your schedule look like consistently week in and week out? So pretty much since I started dialing the phone, I've stuck to a traditional um, full-time schedule, at least what we call 
uh, full time. So I run between 22 and, and 30 appointments a week, uh, somewhere in kind of ranges in there. I typically dial on Mondays and Thursdays, and I'm in the field all day, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and uh, Fridays and Saturdays. On occasion, and this is what's beautiful about this business, is that I do control my schedule. So if there are things with ministry that I need to uh, make a priority, I can go do that. I don't have to ask for that time off. And the nice thing is I can make that time up when I feel like it, when I want to. You know, I can run an extra day in the field the next week or uh, run three or four appointments on Thursday night when I would maybe be at home with my family and, and they're willing to make that sacrifice to help us reach our goals. But a lot of it is just a lot of sacrifice. It's a grind. You know, six days a week, it gets tiring, you know, and it, it gets old. It does. But we're, we're trying to make big things happen and help a lot of families. And, you know, just having my wife and my kids don't quite understand, but having my wife, especially on board and supporting what we're trying to accomplish uh, means the world. That's a huge, huge uh, uh, process, uh, part of what we're trying to do. Awesome. Sean, are you building an agency as well? I am. Okay. If I was watching this, I said, hey, man, that guy, Sean, has a great heart. He seems like a good guy. I want to work with him. I want to see what it's all about. I think he can help me. What, how do I get a hold of you? Yeah, you can uh, reach me on Facebook. Uh, my name is Sean Barnes. Uh, Instagram, uh, same thing. You can search me, Sean Barnes. And then uh, be happy to take phone calls. My phone number is uh, 260-760-0462. I think it's exciting, man, to hear you talk about coming in in the beginning, going, you know, making a bunch of money up, up front, helping a bunch of families, and then going to the beach. And then learning like, hey, that ain't supposed to happen. That's not what I'm supposed to do. See, we get a lot of people that come in, make a bunch of money, right? They help a bunch of families, and then they go in the witness protection program. They go to Disneyland, they go to Aruba. That was my favorite place. They go to all these places, and then they don't realize, hey, you know what? I probably should have stayed working consistently because this money was fronted to me, right? And now it's it's time. Like eventually you got to pay the dues. Does that make sense? You learn pretty quickly that, hey, I need to work a consistent schedule. It's not all about me. It's about helping the people. And I really think when you put the people first, it makes it easy to go out and do your job. And dude, I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. I'll be excited next the next two weeks to see you walk across stage I don't know if you remember, but we were at an event last year and, you know, you came over, you talked to me and I said, hey, this Hall of Fame thing is real, man. And you were like, yeah, I like to do it. I'm like, no, 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 you will do it. Next year, you'll walk across stage and you'll get a jacket. And now it's a year later. And guess what? You're getting the jacket. I'm excited for you, man. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I remember it vividly. I remember it clearly. It was the last day we were getting ready. And uh, I didn't know much about anything. I just knew I wanted to do whatever was going on up there. I felt like I deserved it. And so I just had to put the work in. That was it. And look, you did deserve it. Sean, man, I'm proud of you. Keep pushing. Thank you for jumping on, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Brian. Take care.